The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 0111911. Well, I'm no Jim Siebert. Well, let's give this a try. When I was very young and the urge to be somewhere else was on me, I was assured by mature people that maturity would cure this itch. When years described me as mature, the remedy prescribed was middle age. In middle age, I was assured that greater age would calm my fever. And now that I'm 58, perhaps senility will do the job. Nothing has worked. Four hoarse blasts of a ship's whistle still raised the hair on my neck and set my feet to tapping. The sound of a jet, an engine warming up, even the clopping of shod hooves on pavement brings on the ancient shudder, the dry mouth and vacant eye, the hot palms and the churn of stomach high up under the rib cage. In other words, I don't improve. In further words, once a bum, Always a bum. I fear the disease is incurable. I set this matter down not to instruct others, but to inform myself. Thus begins Travels with Charlie, written by the great American novelist John Steinbeck. Uh, And I believe this is the book that came out right before he won the Nobel prize for literature in the early 1960s. Alex Rasapur is back on this broadcast. He's been doing something I find uh, pretty interesting in terms of rereading the old classics. And it also turns out that not that long ago, he and his son and his dog took a similar journey. Anyway, why am I talking when Alex is here? Alex, welcome back to the show. Good afternoon, sir. How are you? Thank okay, you for sir. having me again. Thanks for uh, joining us. My introduction to Steinbeck was this book. This is the first Steinbeck I ever read. I was, I don't know, 10, 11 years old, and I was just drawn to the idea of a guy hopping in his this car with a dog and going out and driving around. But then as I read it, I realized this is a man who was dying at least he thought he was, and he wanted to yeah. see his country one last time. It took out a whole different yeah. meaning for me. Yeah, and, you know, it's it's fascinating uh, because I was introduced to Steinbeck as a child, as you were, but in required reading in school. I was required to read um, Grapes of Wrath, and I was required to read a couple of his other books. And this was to come... But I left that school. Uh, I didn't attend ninth grade at that school, and this was reading for that ninth grade. And what's, what was fascinating to me that this was this book was always on my mind uh, throughout the years. I thought, what a neat thing to do is to travel with your dog. You know, uh, even as a little boy, like you said, eleven year old, you think of traveling with a dog. You know, it's a neat thing. Well, um, I had it in, on the back burner for all these years until I started this journey that you just mentioned of rereading all the classics I read as a teenager uh, to see 
how I react to them today. And boy, are they different, by the way, but that's a whole different story. What would the list include? Um, what were some of the classics you've been rereading? Okay, I've, so I, I read uh, The Grace of Wrath again, um, and what was interesting is that I was not a fan of Steinbeck as a child, and I read The Grace of Wrath, and um, I really didn't care for it, of Mice and Men. I didn't care for it. It was not the storyline. It wasn't the plot that I didn't care for. I just thought, geez, I just want, must not like the way Steinbeck paints a picture in your head when you read. Yeah. So again, as an adult, I said, nah, it just isn't it. And a friend who, um, from local, you know, he lived here for decades, but now lives in New Zealand on Facebook, said to me, you have to read this book. I read it. And so I did. I said, okay, it's not a reread, technically, and I'm on a reread run right now, but I'll read it, because it's Steinbeck. Right. And boy, I read it. And I'll tell you, may I tell you uh, the association that I kind of have, you know, six degrees of separation with this book? Sure. Um, yeah. I attended a school in New Hampshire. Uh, we had a chaplain at the school named Harry Mahoney. Harry Mahoney actually attended Stanford with Steinbeck. And um, he was a very vocal fan of Steinbeck at our school. Uh, quotes, you know, sometimes at the uh, dining room, he would get up and talk about things, and there was always an insert of a Steinbeck quote or Steinbeck that or this. And in his office were pictures of Steinbeck and Charlie on their trip, who had actually ah. stopped by the school to visit Harry uh, Mahoney. Ah. And, and Reverend Mahoney, um, you know, obviously loved, you know, po posting these photos all over his uh, office. And I, like, so I'd always wanted to read this book. And then years later, fast forward to a couple of years ago, uh, my I grew up in the East Coast, so, and my mother lived until her passing in Massachusetts. So instead of flying to Massachusetts to visit my mother, my son and I decided that, um, you know, we actually did it twice, but the first year we were kind of like bullets out of a gun. We went right across the country and then right back. And he talked me into, my son, into taking a nice, easy trip a year. So two years after the first trip, we designed a trip that kind of went around. If you did a square around the whole country, we did this box, kind of, we went all the way around. So together, with between the two trips, we saw 43 states. And the second trip was really fascinating uh, because it was a slower pace. We got to see things. We got to talk to people. Um, we saw a lot of what I called franchise towns, you know, the cookie-cutter towns yep. that, that are anywhere USA, uh, that were all new development and new downtowns and so on and so forth. But then you drive across a place like Montana, at, which is amazing. I mean, there is not an inch of Montana that would not mesmerize and amaze any person on this earth. Then you drive through Colorado, and you see the mountains of Colorado, and you, you know, ascend into these gorgeous mountains. And one of the 
amazing things, which probably was not there at the time of um, Steinbeck, but it is there now, is the Highway 70 that cuts across that has been designed so beautifully to melt into the nature of Colorado. So when you're driving, the uh, highway is part of the beauty, actually, of this uh, road. Uh, I mean, the, the, the state. And then you see places like South Dakota and North Dakota and Wisconsin and all the beauty that's in them, the flat fields of, you know, Iowa, that you just drive for hours and hours and you see corn after field of corn. You see a lot of corn, of corn in Iowa. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and then you get into the hustle of bustle of once you cross um, Chicago, you really get into the busyness of the Northeast. Northeast is just this one giant animal, uh, except when you get to Maine. Maine quiets down. North, yeah. Northern New York quiets down again. And, you know, but there's just a lot of hustle and bustle there. You feel it all of a sudden again. You get into the frenzy of it. And then you go into the South, you know, and the South you know, it turns different colors. The earth is different color, and the trees are different. They're, everything is green. Uh, people are calmer. People, you know, seem to be slower, move slower, talk slower. Um, it's just fascinating. I mean, this country is amazing. Visually, it is perhaps the most beautiful collectively country in the world so how, the, yeah. how, how did you feel at the end of your journey how'd you feel i felt oh so many uh, i can tell you that throughout the journey first of all at the end of it i felt enlightened and i felt very glad to have gone through um you know these states with my son um shared it we talked about it you know we saw things together that um, he wanted to. He was fascinated with all the uh, sports centers. We wanted. He wanted to see all the fields, all the facilities, and so on. We just stopped and saw as many of those as we could around the country. But I have to tell you that um, you you get frustrated, you get angry, you get delighted, you are enlightened, you learn, you are happy to see. You're visually pleased you know you're personally pleased throughout the trip and you know i read this book and i saw and i felt his anger in witnessing ignorance i felt his you know pleasure in seeing the old melting in with the new i saw i saw all of that as well and when i read this book the, what the book brought out in me was all those emotions that we felt throughout this trip. And I said, wow, you know, I wouldn't have had the talent, but if I did, I could have written this book about the trip I took with my son. Yeah, even and though it's it been, would have been the same. Would have been 35 years easily, 40 years between the two trips. Oh, nearly 50 years. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because, you know, he took this trip in the early 60s. Um, so, yeah, it's it's very fascinating. All right, let um, me pause you there. Alex Raisipour on this broadcast. We're talking about the classic American book, uh, Travels with Charlie, by John Steinbeck. And uh, we'll come back and a lot more to cover. 
You're listening to Hometown Radio for the Central Coast. It is a Dave Congleton show. Stay with us. We are spending the 4 o'clock hour with Alex Resipore talking about the great American book uh, by John Steinbeck called Travels with Charlie. It was my introduction to Steinbeck. I know it was the introduction for uh, many folks. But before we get too far along, Alex, we should underscore the obvious. Um, there's been a lot of reporting on uh, Steinbeck since the book came out. No one should take this as a... Uh, True story that, yes, right. Steinbeck did get in his truck and he drove around the country with his dog. He did that. But, for example, I guess his wife was actually with him like 45 of the 75 days. Right. And, you know, in, in the book, he's, she's not. Yeah. You know, in, in the book, uh, they, you know, visit in Texas where her family lives and so on. And, you know, stay, spend some time in Texas, but then, you know, he moves on and, you know, does his solo trip. Uh, so, yes, I think um, you're right. Uh, there's a lot of license taken, as any writer can and should, in creating the book that it is. Right, and um, uh, there are people that he had conversations with that there's doubt that they had conversations where... Steinbeck claimed they did. So there's a lot of creative license on this. Yes, yes. And, um, but you know, I wouldn't doubt it because based on my own experience, I can tell you that uh, as much license as he's taken, I would not doubt that some of what has been uh, written was true with multiple people as characters are often a amalgam of multiple people right in books uh same with with this conversations probably happened uh did they happen exactly as he wrote them down i don't know i couldn't you know tell you but uh it rings true a lot of it rings true to me from my experience in the diners that we stopped in and the gas stations that we talked to people and the truck stops and whatsoever, wherever we stop, you know, at the uh, tourist traps, you know, and hmm. talking to people, so on and so forth. Um, did I experience ignorance uh, in my trips? Oh, sure, did I ever. Um, you know, did I see uh, prejudice taking place? Uh, you know, yes, in places that would surprise you and in places that you would expect it. Yes, it was there. Um, did I experience beauty? Uh, absolutely. You know, is there kindness in this country? Galore. I mean, there is a ton of it. We, you know, we, one thing I came away with is that America is kind. Remind me, remind me the name of the truck. He named the truck. Rinoke. No, it's the name of Don Quixote's steed. Yeah. And I cannot pronounce it well. So I th- I found that fascinating too that he kind of equated himself with Don Quixote on this trip, right? Yeah. And, well, uh, and, and the truck itself <laughs> is up in Salinas at the Steinbeck right. Museum up there. If people want to go, it's there. He had it especially designed for this trip. He contacted for the, trip. the, the yeah. manufacturer 
And he said, this is what I need. And they delivered it to him that August. And he wanted to wait until after Labor Day before he hit the road. So he had the truck. It's kind of like the Batmobile. He had the truck especially designed. Riconante. I I just uh, looked it up, to be honest with you. So it's Riconante. And, And Charlie, the dog... That the dog wasn't originally supposed to go on the trip. It was kind of like a last no. minute thing, right? So, so I've yes, exactly. And he, uh, they decided that you know it would be a good companion for him. One and two uh, would obviously add to the story well. Um, and I don't think his wife actually cared for Charlie being on the trip on the parts that she was on. From what I've read, yeah. um, she thought that. It was a unnecessary third wheel on the trip because of the compact areas that they, you know, had to spend time in. Well, if he didn't have so, the dog, he wouldn't have had the title. He, you know, travels with Charlie. You got to have Charlie. Charlie's got to go. <laughs> right. Exactly. And and so he did for uh, the whole trip. Actually, he, he was. Uh, and you know, uh, the other thing is that I read somewhere that he spent actually more time in California that he reports in in the book as well. Uh, because, you know, he was reminiscing uh, about his, you know, youth in California and so on. And one of the things before I, I uh, studied him for uh, after this book, I didn't know, was that he didn't spend a heck of a lot of time in California, actually. Uh, he spent most of his time after he became a writer back east. Yeah, he, um, with his, when he married this his last wife... She was from New York, and she wanted him in New York and not in Cali. I, she wanted him out of Monterey. Yes, yes. So uh, that was that was interesting, and and of course, you know, relatively, he had a short life. So when we talk about you know a person, we sometimes imagine long years, but he did not have that many years on this earth, unfortunately. He passed at the age of sixty-two. Um, yeah, sixty-two. So he died relatively young. So, um, yeah. yeah, Alex, let um, me let me stop you here because we got the news break coming. Alex Rasopor with us. And I, I had read that um, on the journey, he spent two weeks. They had a summer place in Monterey Pacific Grove. So he spent time there. We're talking with Alex about John Steinbeck. And we're focusing on travels with Charlie in 1960. Steinbeck, uh, he knew he was on borrowed time. He uh, took a dog, and they got in this specially designed truck, and they spent 75 days in search of America. I know it sounds like a Simon and Garfunkel song. But what's amazing, and we're going to talk more about this when we come back, is 1960 America could be 2021 America. Anyway, that's the plan. Stay with us. we got news and traffic and weather. This is the Dave Congleton Show. If you're just joining us, Alex Rasapur is with us. Alex has been doing something interesting. He's a really sharp guy. I don't know if uh, I should do this. He might, maybe, Alex, you're inspiring me. He he took all all the classics that he read in school 
and he's revisiting them. And he was explaining earlier that he was never a big fan of Steinbeck, but he was encouraged by a friend to read Travels with Charlie, which chronicles uh, John Steinbeck hitting the road in 1960 just to kind of find America and kind of take one last spin around because he knew that he was on borrowed time. And Alex, you're explaining that this kind of changed your your idea of Steinbeck. So what do you think of Steinbeck now? Well, I tell you, first of all, I like the way he uh, wrote this book. And, of course, we enjoy books in the way that we relate to them. So I related well to this book because of my own experiences, because of, you know, the stories of Harry Mahoney when I was a child. So that's, I suppose, that added to the pleasure of the book, uh, as opposed to the others that were uh, that I read about the Depression, which I know very well from history, but, you know, do I really relate to the Depression, and do I really relate to those characters? I didn't. I didn't enjoy reading those two books, and I didn't um, really relate to... I, I felt that the characters, some of them were forced, overwritten. You know, here I am, an ignorant person, uh, in comparison, trying to criticize Steinbeck, you know, uh, a Nobel Prize winner. Um, uh, yeah, not everybody, but, not everybody likes the same books, you know. Right? It doesn't take anything well, that, you know, away from you or personal, from him. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, absolutely. I am a fan, and um, I, and I have to tell you this: I enjoyed the Pearl. The Pearl, I re- I reread that as well. And that book I liked as a child, and I liked still as an adult. Here are a couple. Uh, what I'm gonna, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Please. Well, here, here, here are a couple of things just to give people. Keep in mind, this is 1960. This is one of the reviews yeah. of Travels with Charlie. Steinbeck discovers on the road that technology was advancing so quickly as to give Americans more and more instant gratification, whether it was soup from <laughs> vending machines or mobile homes. Could imagine what he'd be thinking today. Instant gratification. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. And I think we talked about this briefly, that I could not have imagined having taken this trip without the GPS in my phone guiding me. And I cannot imagine what he would have thought of GPS, of not having to, you know, shuffle through these uh, maps and so on and so forth. Now, and mind you, in 1962, he was traveling brand new interstate highways that, you know, much of it hadn't really gotten a lot of tire wear on, you know what I mean? Because a lot of this interstate was actually still being built in nineteen early 1960s. So it, it was just fascinating to me. You're absolutely right. Technology, uh, being able to go into a, a uh, stop at, uh, and say, Oh, hey, how can I get to this and this and this and this? And then they point you to a kiosk that all you have to do is press buttons and the kiosk talks to you and tells you exactly what you want and where you want it and how you want it. The other thing so, that uh, that Steinbeck came out of the book, he, he considered America to be a country driven by fear. In this case, fear of oh, conflict with the Soviet Union, but uh, an ever-present fear. And so here we are in... 2021 and what's going on in this country, there's another fear driving us, Alex. 
I, I don't think I have to say that that's an entirely different discussion in itself. But yes, we have been driven by fear, I believe, since pre-World War II, and it's never stopped. Um, it has just, the boogeyman has changed, if you know what I mean. Yeah. You know, we've had the, the Germans and the Russians and, you know, the uh, terrorists and this and that. It, it just keeps popping, you know, different faces, but fear stays there nonetheless. Um, but, yeah, that's that's something that you see out there and you hear out there that people are afraid, people. But at the end of the day, one of the things that I noticed about my travels and discussing with people, and I think people um, ingratiated themselves easier because I had my young son with me, um, and that always brought up conversations of family. It's family that we are all family loving. We all want, no matter what we believe in, no matter what prejudices we may have, no matter what harshness is in our hearts, perhaps, but at the same uh, we all want the best for our family and our loved ones. Um, that conversation came up over and over again. Yeah. as I'm sure he experienced that as well many times. Well, and what's interesting is that towards the end of the book, and this is just his version of it, he Steinbeck, mm -hmm. Steinbeck gets lost on his way home, and he asks for directions home. And this is what uh, the one reviewer wrote. As Steinbeck spent a good deal of his journey lost, it becomes evident at the end of the story that being lost is a metaphor for how much America has changed in Steinbeck's eyes. America, it seems, is in a sense, remember this is 1960, is in a sense directionless and is therefore endangered as it moves into an uncertain future marked by huge population shifts, racial tensions, technological industrial change, and unprecedented environmental destruction. 1960. Well, yeah, and and you have to uh, you know kind of put yourself back there. If you travel to Salinas today, Salinas is not the hub of you know industrial uh, progression, right? Salinas is still an old farming town. Uh, it's a lot busier. There are a lot more homes and shops and stores and you know shopping centers, but it's still that low lying you know, massive fields of food being grown. And this is where he grew up. So when you imagine Steinbeck growing up in Salinas and then ending up in the hustle and bustle of New York, and in the end of this book, he also travels through all this and then goes back to that hustle and bustle of New York. I don't know anybody who wouldn't get lost in New York, <laughs> no matter how long you've lived there. So I think that's it is a metaphor. It's a metaphor of his whole life, of growing up in this quietness, you know, during the depression, you know, so on and so forth, and then moving on to that, which was the Northeast. Alex Ray support on this broadcast talking about the book Travels with Charlie by John Steinbeck. It uh, came out in 1962. But just the things that he was concerned about, it, you know, racial tension, environmental destruction, and he was worried that all these problems were going to overwhelm this country. 
and now, what, 60 years later, we're still wrestling with these same issues. Yeah, they are. And, you know, I think we will continue to wrestle with the same issues over and over and over again as, you know, our population uh, grows in certain pockets heavier and heavier and we keep encroaching on nature as opposed to, you know, uh, going straight up because we like, we've, we enjoy our lives the way we've always lived it. So we don't like to change for progression, I think. And the same thing with him. He was seeing change, rapid change. And boy, did things change much more rapidly, really, from the 30s on to the 60s yeah. than, you know, in visually anyways. And I don't mean technologically. Uh, for him versus us, because this country just grew. Uh, it was as if, uh, for, forgive the uh, expression, as if an atom bomb had gone off and things just had to shift drastically after World War II in this country. So he witnessed a lot more changes than I think we have in our lifetime. Um, but, um, you know, I really encourage people uh, to read this book and I, they need to read it not because of Steinbeck, not because I say so, but to read it to relate to today's, like you said, there's still prejudice, there's still racial tension, there's still uh, issues of environment. And when you read it, you're like, wow, when did he write this, like you said, 60 yeah. years ago? Yep. And um, well, and a lot of people do the four corners now. This has become a, a motorcycle thing where you, yeah. you hit the four corners of the country. You go to the state of Washington, and then you go to upper Maine Canadian border. You go all the way down to, the, to Key West, and then you end up south of San Diego, and you touch the four corners. But obviously, to do that, Alex, you gotta you got to go across the country. Yeah, and, you know, to just do the four corners, it's a very easy way of doing just the four corners. Yeah, the highway system is there. But I tell you, if anyone ever desires to take a trip across the country, make sure you definitely hit the Rockies and the Midwest. Because if you don't experience the Midwest and the Rockies, you have missed out on a great deal of this country, and you, it is incredible. Are you telling me I shouldn't have left the Midwest? I'm not telling you you shouldn't have left it, but <laughs> you definitely have to see it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. What's that old adage? I don't know if I want to live there, but, I, you know, I sure as hell want to visit it. I don't know if that's the case with all of these. I, I enjoyed my trips. I, I don't think there was a part. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to mention the parts that I didn't enjoy because that's irrelevant, but as a whole, I have to say it was an extremely, extremely positive experience, and I was glad to share it with my teenage son. All right, uh, Alex Reisapore on this broadcast. Mr. Reisapore is with us talking about uh, Travels with Charlie and the author John Steinbeck, who made the journey in 1960, came out with his great book in 1962. It was his last book, I believe. Uh, we'll come back for a final segment. We're live, we're local. This is the Dave Congleton Show.
Well, it's a marvelous night for a moon dance with the stars up above in your eyes. So it's an easy day trip up to Salinas. If you haven't been to the Steinbeck Museum, it is uh, well worth the drive. It's just a couple blocks off the 101. And while you're up there, you can also visit the Steinbeck House. In fact, you can have lunch on certain days. you got to check their website. And if you're really into it, you can even go to John Steinbeck's grave. Although I've never, I've never been into gravesite visits, Alex. I've been to very yeah. few graves. I just, I don't know. Well, you know, I grew up in the Northeast, and that was a thing. Uh, visiting graveyards and etching gravestones was a thing when I was a child. So uh, I've been to quite a few, but huh. and not in a long time. <laughs> uh, then you can, uh, you mean, you go over to Monterey and Cannery Row, and there's all sorts of uh, Steinbeck um, nostalgia there. It's it's uh, it's in our own backyard, so it's it's well worth the exploration. I, have you read Cannery Row? I've not read Cannery Row yet. No, I'm I, uh, I'm going to put it on the list, but I'm going to read that after I read my long list of rereads, because mm-hmm. I took a break from my rereads to read this book, and um, but I'm 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 going to go back to my list of rereads. Of my childhood books. Uh, on the Stolberg text line, Nancy writes, I agree with your guest that Interstate 70 through Colorado is an impressive sight. And to see it when it was first opened, as Steinbeck did, must have, have inspired his writing immensely. Good point. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Well, first of all, those mountains are amazing. Uh, you know, no matter what road you take to go through those mountains, you just feel if it feels divine to travel through those mountains and the Colorado River you know winding through those uh, mountains and by the time you get to places like Vail you really feel like you're just touching the heavens yeah um, if you want to have the real adventure and I've not done this but it's on my list you take the train from Salt Lake City through the Rockies into Denver boy that would be fun boom yeah that would be an incredible trip I'll put that on my list. All right, let's make it happen. All right, so I'm curious. I'm, I go back to what we started with the idea of rereading the classics. It must give you a different perspective to be reading them now, older, wiser, with all that you've experienced, as opposed just to being the high school or college student. Entirely, it's a very different view. You see things, uh, you know, with. Uh, as much wisdom as you've uh, gained throughout these years, and you see them through different glasses now. You know, you, you just you read them with a wonderment when you're a child, and you kind of try to imagine things. Uh, just the settings that you picture in your head are so entirely different today than they were when I was a child, because I didn't know what to imagine when I was imagining things. But now today, you know, it's just far more vivid for me and even you know the towns even the the neighborhoods that shift between you know travels going from one town to the next i can picture them far better today than i could then and you know i'll tell you briefly if i may i watched a movie called uh crime macho by clint eastwood just oh, yeah. his last movie is that any good and you know it's clint eastwood and i and i enjoyed watching him than I did more than I watched the movie and the plot of the movie. Um, It was incredible to see a 91-year-old man carrying a movie. 
and I enjoyed that. So because of that, I started going through all his movies, his library, wondering, boy, could I sit down and watch all his movies just to see him grow throughout the years? Then I, d- I haven't done that yet, but then I, it triggered my mind. I said, boy, I'd like to go back and read all the books that I read because I imagined him, you know, directing and rewriting all these movies that he's done. I said, boy, he must have done a lot of reading for all of this. So I, it triggered me to go back and read everything that I read from my childhood forward. Um, that nostalgia just kind of got triggered by going through all of uh, Clint Eastwood movies, you know, huh. the ones well, that I had already seen. So if you're ambivalent about John Steinbeck, what American authors do you admire? Well, I'll tell you, um, I don't think there's anyone on earth who does not like Harper Lee's uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, sure. That was, that was one of my rereads, and boy, um, I love that. Now, not too many, everybody knows the title, Lord of the Flies, but not too many people know William Golding. You know, that's a name that very few people have heard of, right? But what a great book. What a great book. It's nasty. Yeah. But I've never it read was it. Well the, written. The plot the, yeah. the plot scared me off. It's like I want to read this? No. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I did. I read it and um you know, I gotta tell you <laughs> again, it relate it it correlates to what we're experiencing in this country today. You read it and you take you change all the characters to adults running this country, and you go, oh, there you go. There's the Lord of the Flies. It's it's Washington D.C. That's yeah. it. Mm-hmm. You know. So, you know. And then you know, I went on uh, after I read that. I started moving to some of the. I, I know you, you and I talked about Voltaire. It it, it kind of sounds pretentious, but that reading the title Candide, you know, I had to read it in high school, and I really enjoyed it then. And boy, did I enjoy it when I read it two months ago. I probably spend the most time rereading that book than any of the other ones that I reread because it is a very charming book. And, you know, Voltaire, for people who don't know him, this guy was credited with practically, uh, you know, inciting the French Revolution with his writing. So um, he's, he's a phenomenal writer. And the translation into English was fantastic and i enjoyed reading that what i'm impressed though by alex is i'm sorry what i'm impressed by is the fact that you have all this time to read how on earth do you find all this time to read i pick them up at night you know i really i'm this is all bedtime reading for me i you know uh i pick up these books i'm I'm going there's a great bookstore in downtown pastorovals that i go to uh she is able to find whatever i want for me and I bring them home, and I read them. A couple of them I've read uh, literally on my tablet because I couldn't find the book. Um, you know, I, I reread uh, a few of um, what's his names um, uh, for whom the bell tolls. I reread that. Heming- Hemingway. Uh, Hemingway. Yeah, I, I love Hemingway. Hemingway, I, I cannot do without. Right. So uh, I like him. So, okay. What, what's the bookstore? In Pastor, what's the bookstore in Pastor Robles? Um, 
it's I don't ask me the name. It's on Twelfth okay. Street, Twelfth Street and Park. It's named after the uh, horse in uh, in Don Quixote. <laughs> yeah, it's there. So I I go and she's a wonderful lady. I go in there and you know she will find you whatever you want. And what's nice is after you're done with it, you take it back. You don't get a heck of a lot of credit, but you get some credit towards your other books that you want to get. Oh, is this the place? Is, nice. is this the place next to the French restaurant? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, the, you know, um, next to that brick building, just down yeah. Green Awning, right next to there. On the Stolberg line, yeah. on the Stolberg text line, uh, great segment! Exclamation mark! Thank you! Exclamation mark! I'm looking forward to reading Travels with Charlie. I've traveled this beautiful country of ours, and I agree with your guest. Great, kind people all over the U.S. Wow, Alex, there you go. Yeah, that's that's the uh, thing that really I came away with from my travels was how kind. I, I'll tell you a quick story. I was standing in Texas uh, in the middle of nowhere, and there's so many places where you're in the middle of nowhere in Texas. And I, I pull over in the morning right after we left our hotel, and we, we saw this grand building, you know, just that was kind of like a pit stop. So we said, let's go here and see if we can find some breakfast. They, they hadn't readied their breakfast items yet. And there was this woman behind me waiting in line. And we were talking about the things we were admiring that we wanted to eat for breakfast, but we, you know, only had so much room to eat. 45 seconds. And, okay. I picked up what I wanted, and I'd mentioned the things that I liked. And this woman bought the items that I mentioned that I liked and came out to my car and handed me those things and said, please enjoy these the rest of the day. I know you won't have room for them now. I want you to eat these and go away feeling like you got what you wanted. Uh -huh. And I was thinking, what a, what kindness, you know? I mean, I, there's an example of what America is all about. By the way, the bookstore at Pastor Robles is Spare Time Bookstore, 945 12th Street. Thank you. That's it. Exactly. Alex Racepoor, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for the conversation. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. And everybody, please reread your classics from your childhood. I bet you'll enjoy them. I bet so, too. All right, Alex, thank you. Off we go. News, traffic, weather. Here comes the 5 o'clock hour. Get ready. The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kbec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.